Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 171 of the WW Bro Podcast with me, your host, Anthony DiDomenico, coming to you live every Monday night, live 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, as well as on Instagram at ComicAnthonyD. But as always, the podcast is available at www.bropodcast.podbean.com, as well as on iTunes. And while you're there, please, five-star rate and review. I can't stress that enough. I love to share and brag about the best podcast listeners out there. That's you guys. So please, five-star rate and review. Bonus episodes are available on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Podcast. I'm going to try to get one out this week. If not this week, definitely next week. I have a crazy week. Um, and with, between my nephews having games, I actually have a show this week. Um, I'm helping my brother out at the deli a little bit. So I don't know if I can get to a, a bonus episode this week. If not this week, definitely next week. And you can get that at patreon.com slash podcast. but head over there now, become a member and you'll have access to all the backlog episodes. A lot of good stuff going on over there. Definitely go and check that out. I talk about Bilt Bar a lot on here, and it's not just because I like I, I'm sponsored by them, and you know whatever I have a code for it. I actually eat these bars; they are the best protein bars out there. I actually did myself a little taste test. I got dive bars this week. Bilt bars are a million times better, less points, less calories, less fat, more protein, less carbs. Definitely check them out. Builtbar.com. Use code WWBROPODCAST. Save yourself at least 10% off your order. You guys know me. I'm a crazy coffee guy. Very particular with the coffee I drink. Sail Away Coffee is one of my all-time favorites, not just because I'm going to give you a code for it, because I really do drink this every day. You can go to SailAwayCoffee.com. Use code WWBRO10 and save yourself 10% off your order. I'm really excited about this week's episode uh, we're going to get right into it. I have an awesome guest this week. Joining me is Olivia Titus. Olivia, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? I'm super excited for this episode. Um, our mutual friend, Tracy Carnazzo, uh, put this together. And She's- yeah, she is absolutely the best. And you can follow Tracy on Instagram at Trixie Tuzini. And definitely check her podcast out, uh, Teen Mom Trash Talk, as well as 90 Day Fiance Trash Talk, which I am a fan of the Teen Mom uh, because I watch OG. I don't watch the other teen moms. I'm just an OG guy. Do you <laughs> so like you have the whole thing? Yeah, but I don't watch like a teen mom two and like, you know, 16 and pregnant. I'm just like teen mom, the original cast. That's my jam. I watch them all. It's like picking a favorite child. Like I can't just choose one spinoff. I have to keep up with all of them. See if that's why I don't have kids. Cause I would have one favorite. <laughs> I would have like, this is the original. This is it. <laughs> The second one, I like it, but it's not the same. The original one's the, the best. No, I I think all of them are equally great. They're all different people. They're all different stories. Like I truly can't sit here and choose just one. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll, maybe I'll try it again. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, Give it a shot, yeah. But I just, you know what it is? I, I just keep trying. And I keep going back to the OG. I like the original, especially now they're adults. And like yeah. they're still, but then like they still have the same issues they had when they were 16. Yeah, and their kids are, like, going into middle school now, which is just wild to me. Soon they're going to be pregnant. Right. Yes. <laughs> that will be a good spinoff. I will watch that one. That will be amazing. Yeah, like, hopefully not. But, like, if it does happen, I won't be mad about it. Teen Mom's Teen Mom. I, I like that. I, I, yes. I'm ready. That I'll watch. I'll watch, like, when Bentley knocks somebody up and 
we have to like, you know, <laughs> we have to watch that drama unfold. And people like right now, Anthony, the wrestling and the Star Wars stuff is, is enough. Why are you talking about Teen Mom? All right, I went off on a little tangent. I'll digress. We'll get back to the, the topic here. So Tracy uh, really wanted me to uh, have you on the podcast because you have an awesome story. I was, I've was i been following you on Instagram now and everything, and you're doing absolutely amazing. You, you have Thank lost you. Uh, what, 75 pounds. Is that, is, that what I'm, is that correct? 88 pounds. 88 pounds. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I have it. I am my Instagram. I'm slacking a little bit. I update my TikTok way more than I update my Instagram. So I okay. think the last weigh-in was 75 pounds, but... We've lost a little bit more since then. That, that's that's great. That's 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 even. But yeah. when I can say when I say that, like someone's lost like X amount of weight, and like no no no, hold on, bam, even more. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> on the fly updates, and you can follow Olivia at OTVSG, which we were talking before is the easiest Instagram handle I've ever had. Sometimes I'm trying to read them, and I'm like, I'm gonna mess this up. It's like when I introduce a comic. Um, but no, that's that's very easy. And you had, I guess, that you had the bariatric surgery. Yes, I did. Yep, I had the sleeve. The sleeve? How long mm-hmm. ago did you have that? Uh, almost seven months ago. Oh, so this is like new. This is like... Yeah, I'm only seven months post-op. You had like pandemic surgery. You went into the hospital during this time? Yeah, it was crazy. I went in in October. Okay. So, and I had it in Massachusetts. So it, was, it wasn't as crazy. Like I, I literally couldn't have had it at a better time because it wasn't super restrictive. Like it wasn't absolute madness. Okay. Um, but was very different. Also, going in during COVID was a new experience for me. Well, yeah, because they didn't let anybody in there with you, right? No, I had to do it all by myself. Like my, It was like the first day of school. My dad dropped me off. We said goodbye, <laughs> and then I was going in for surgery. It was terrifying. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to. I'm like, I'm going to be 42 in August. I would have been like, no, I need like a family member here. I need my dad to hold my hand while I do this, because if I wake up and no one's here, I'm going to freak out. So for me, I was supposed to be the second surgery of the day out of three, but something happened. And so they pushed me to the third. So the entire time, I'm like, I'm going to see my dad. My dad's going to come in. And then they were like, oh, we have to bump your surgery. And then I go under and I wake up literally. And I'm like, I was excited to see my dad, but also I was really excited for my hospital bag because I just had like, I packed, I'm an overpacker. <laughs> I packed like my entire life in this bag. And I was like, I just want my pillow and my blanket. And they were like, Ooh, um, visiting time is over. So I was stranded in the hospital with none of my things. My phone had died like, and I didn't get any family members. So <laughs> I was, I was a little shook when I came to. Yeah. I had surgery once I, I had knee surgery and I had it at the hospital my dad works at. So like they let my, my parents like into the uh, recovery room. Mm-hmm. And I, I woke up to my mom, like, like cause I, they said, if I, once I pee, I could leave. And she's like, did you pee yet? Did you go? <laughs> you can leave when you, and I'm like, ma, if you keep talking, it's not going to happen. Like, it was, yeah. like, so like, it's so shy. <laughs> yeah. So like, I wouldn't know, like if I woke up on myself, it was actually kind of comforting having people there. So I guess anybody going through that now at this time, it had to be a little uh, restrictive um, as far as like, you know, oh my God, no one's here. I'm here by myself. So what was like, made you do it like now, like pandemic? Um. Well, first off, I was, I was one of those New Yorkers that left the city as soon as the pandemic was a thing. Like I okay. literally, my friend called me. She was like, my dad's coming from Massachusetts now. You have an hour to go from Midtown to your apartment and back to Midtown and hitch a ride if you want. Um, so it's already in Massachusetts. Um, like most people, I gained a little bit of weight during the pandemic and I really, you know, I was just kind of like surrounded by all these like memories of like what I used to look like as sad as that sounds. Um, and I was just, you know, I was 25. I mean, I'm just turned 26, but I was 25 at the time. I really started noticing my health started to decline a little bit. Walking up the stairs was a little more challenging. 
talking on the phone for long periods of time. I was out of breath and I was like, it's kind of literally now or never. I was 25. My insurance was running out Okay. I, at the time. Uh, so it was like, you know, as soon as I had the idea, it was like, I need to get the ball rolling now because if I don't, who knows where I'll end up. But I'm so glad I did. It was the best thing I ever did. The, the g- Losing your breath talking. That's like, that's a major thing. I have, I had that on stage. That's, that's. A shocker to yeah. me. And I was only 25. I was like, this shouldn't be happening to me. But it was. It was a wake-up call. It's crazy, like, those little things that, like, you know, now you take for granted. But I I used to, I got to the point where I had to sit down on stage. Like, I would sit on the stool. And even mm-hmm. then, I would lose my breath. Like, I'd be in the middle of a joke, and I'm like, I can't get this punchline out. You don't, people don't understand that if you never had a, a weight issue, mm-hmm. how it affects every part of your day and everything yeah. you do. And sleeping, like even like I've never I never had like sleep apnea or anything like that. But like I just kind of felt like sleeping on my side. Like it felt like a like 15 pound elephant was on my chest. Like I just felt like I had the weight of the world on top of me and I just wasn't comfortable anymore. You think about 88 pounds. I mean, that if you just laid 88 pounds on top of you trying to do anything. I mean, that's like when I first started doing WW and like everybody would take go to the store and hold the, the bags of dog food up. Yeah. And I did that one day, like holding these, I'm like, can you imagine? Like I carry this around like every day. Like that's, that's insane. Even like you said, sleeping. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a blessing, but also you're like, I, I just, I can't imagine now life pre-surgery. Like I can, but it's also, I'm so used to this body right now. It's like hard to imagine and hard to go back to remembering a time where I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, the, the, the pictures, like when you look at old pictures, do you have that sense memory that comes back to you? Yes and no. So I was pretty lucky in the sense that I held my weight pretty evenly. So even though my highest was 298 pounds, I didn't necessarily like look 298 pounds. I carried a lot of my weight in my face, in my stomach, in my thighs. Um, so it took a while for me to sort of notice. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, like um, I see it a lot in my face and I see it a lot in my sides. Um, and I'm like, I cannot, it's like a different, I'm like a different person. It's weird. Yeah. It's just great. Look back at the pictures. I see the same thing myself. I'm like, I, I don't, I'm still a big guy. I mean, that's a lot. I about halfway mm-hmm. through my journey, but like, I see the pictures and I'm like, I, it like for me, like all comes back, like every uncomfortable moment I had, like, it's just like, I have a good memory to begin with. And I remember every little thing about every little stupid fact. <laughs> and as I can almost like, and I see a picture like at somewhere, I'm like, okay, I remember every insecurity I had and, and everything like just comes back. And that motivates me more to, to keep going yeah. with that stuff. So I can imagine like, you know, being at, you know, at a young age at 25, 26, now's the time, I perfect time to do it. Like you said, like I'm, I, you know, I'm leaving the city anyway. Uh, I have the time. Now, are you originally from Massachusetts? That's why you went back to Massachusetts? Yes. Yep. I was from Massachusetts and I was still my parents' health insurance. Okay. So, so I was, perfect. I was only covered there. Yeah. That's the best. So you're like now do or die. Um, yeah. Now what, what made <laughs> you come to, to, to the surgery instead of like other four, uh, ways of losing weight? I had been a chronic yo-yo dieter my entire life. Um, and I just, I felt like whenever I tried really hard and put a hundred percent effort into losing weight, it was like, I would take two steps forward and one step back. Like I was putting in 110% effort, but only getting 60% in return. Um, also I'm one of five people in my family to undergo weight loss surgery. So you always so was free me, then, then, right? You, yeah. Four, <laughs> yeah buy four, get one free. I, that's like the punch card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish. <laughs> 
Um, so they were kind of like my guinea pig. Shout out to them. Okay. Um, because I had seen it firsthand. And like uh, my cousin Caroline, who was 18 at the time that she had her surgery, she was really like a big inspiration to me because I saw someone who was younger around my age go through it. And like now she's a few years post-op. Um, and I truly saw like the transformation she had. And I was okay. like, okay, this is possible. This is, I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly through her journey. And this is definitely something I think I can handle. Um, so I, I felt like it was time. I felt like I had almost gone too far to the point of, I need help. I can't do this on my own. What can I do to, to give myself the best success possible? Yeah. What I hear, well, listen to that. Like you have you know, your family, basically a lot of people in your family have gotten that you have that support system. You have that. Okay. I'm not doing uncharted territory here. So if I, if a question comes up or anything, which is, I, I talk about it all the time on here, having a support system is probably the most yes. important thing when you're doing something like this, because, you know, that's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards, you know, Instagram and the Weight Watcher community is because everybody knows what I'm going through. Like you, you have that support system. So like, with something as scary as having a surgery, because I mean, it's, people like the minimum. Oh, it's just this. No, it's not. You're having surgery. You're altering your body. So like, right. it's it's that always scared me. Like I every time I went to the doctor, that was always brought up. It was okay. You should yeah. go now have a consultation with the weight loss doctor. And for me, I I it's it. I'm scared. I that, that's one of the reasons that pushed me towards like actually doing it this time. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe if I had, you know, five other people in my family that, that or I was the fifth one, I would have been felt more comfortable with it. So that, that had to be a big thing. It's like, okay, my family's done it. Absolutely. And you guys, yeah, like, I don't think had I had, had I not had them, I don't think I would have gone down that road, but they made it, they like opened the door for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, whoever was the pioneer, then everybody followed footsteps and it was the same doctor. No, we all okay. had different surgeons. I'm pretty sure my uncle and my cousin had the same surgeon. I'm not sure about the other two. Um, and then I went my own route. I just okay. I found a doctor on my own and went through went through her. And uh, the the process is pretty. I might say it wasn't like seamless, but like they walk you through the whole thing. Like if anybody's interested in getting it, like what's the process of like yeah. from start to finish. So for me, it was the f- most important thing was finding a doctor within my insurance plan. Okay. Um, so I researched a couple facilities. I had two. Um, and what made me pick my surgery center, I went to Newton Wellesley hospital in Massachusetts and they kind of, they're with you for life. So what they do is, um, you know, you have a meeting with the doctor, you discuss your history, your family history, obesity is, you know, uh, something that is very prevalent in my family. Um, and then they go through your diet and you have a mental health check. You go through all these things. Um, and then you have a couple tests and then with my surgery center, they have support groups and it's actually okay. a requirement you attend, um, at least two different types of support groups. And it's something that I still go to now that I'm post-op and I can attend those meetings for life. So even now that I'm back in the city, like mm-hmm. I can always call them. I can always, you know, hop in a zoom call with them. Um, so I loved that I had, um, sort of like a team even after the surgery is over. Cause I feel like that's where sometimes people fall off the bandwagon. Um, so yeah. So after I did all of the requirements, they gave me a surgery date. Um, I did have to make some like dietary changes. Like I can't, I had to stop drinking carbonated beverages. I had to quit caffeine. I had to, um, you know, watch what I was eating, make sure that I was exercising beforehand. And then it was time for surgery day. Now, did they make you, uh, this is back now. I, I'm an old man. Um, back when I was looking into it and 
you know, mm-hmm. maybe just like researching myself, you had to lose a certain percentage of your body weight. Do they still make you do that now? It depends on the surgery center and okay. it depends where you are um, on like the scale. So for me, um, in the terms of like, the bariatric world, I was on like the lower end. Like it was the first time in my entire life that I was like too small for, <laughs> I was too small for um, That's gotta be good surgery. to hear. I mean, it's like, yeah, I was like, wow, thank you so much. <laughs> it's like living up. She was like, the bypass, you're too small for the bypass. So we're going to give you the sleep now. But um, because of that, I didn't have to like lose a certain like weight because it was already safe for me to have surgery. Okay. Um, so I just had to prove that I was losing to show that I was serious about the lifestyle change. But it wasn't like week one, you have to lose 10 pounds. Not at least for me, that wasn't my journey. Okay. That's, you know, that's. I think comforting to hear to some people that, you know, it's not just like they do it to anybody. Like they actually make you go through. No. Yeah. They've they've turned people away. Yeah. If you're not serious about it, they will like what you see, like on my 600 pound life, like with doctor now, like in that sense of if you're not taking it seriously, they're not going to do it because you don't want to waste your health, your time, their time for nothing. Well, because it is, it's a lot. It's a change. You're you're changing the way your, your body is, your stomach, the way it intakes food that you have to be like, I think the mental part of it is probably the, the biggest and with any weight loss journey, like getting you on the right page. Yes. A hundred, 110%. And that was, that's a lot of what you do in the pre-op process is okay. they don't sugarcoat anything. Like they really like, they let you know that it's not an easy fix. And I think a lot of people assume like, Oh, you had weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. You took the easy way out. That's absolutely not the case. I wish it was, um, you know, they, they really lay it out thick. They give you the good, the bad and the ugly. And, and, you know, um, you take, you know, what you will and you carry that with you and hopefully you can use it to your advantage once you, you know, go through the process. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, it's funny that you've said like the easy fix. Like we, we joke around like my, my, one of my good friends had, had the surgery. Um, I'll give him a plug, uh, my buddy, John J Ops journey on Instagram. So we hang out at the same cigar lounge and the guys, we got to know us and they see like our pictures and like, they'll say like, I lost about 200 pounds. He's lost over 200 pounds. And I always go, yeah, but he, I, I he cheated. Like, I always, like joke around. Like, you know, I always say like to him like that. Yeah. Not, I don't really feel that way, but it just, uh, it gets, it gets under his skin, but it's, it, that's all I see. I see it that way. But, People do see it that way, which is like, that's people like, oh my God, well, I'll just get this and that'll be it. And that's what you see people, they gain the weight back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's what they tell you a lot is it's a tool. Like, I wish my surgery would somehow fix the way like carbs are digested in my body. Like, I wish I could eat a slice of pizza and it not end up on my thighs. Like, that's the dream. That is not the (laughs) surgery that I had. Unfortunately, um, so if I eat now that I'm post-op, like pizza and carbs and the things aren't necessarily good for you, like I'm still going to gain weight because my surgery didn't like magically fix that chemistry. Um, you know, I'm in charge of what I put into <laughs> what I put into my pouch, how much I put in. Um, so I am doing the work at anyone who has the surgery, like they are doing yeah. the work and yeah. you know, there's kind of no days off. Like if there's like a holiday, especially like I got it done in October, um, And so like my first Thanksgiving, everyone's eating like turkey and all the fixings. I had a two egg omelet and like an ounce of rotisserie chicken. And like, that was my Thanksgiving dinner. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That was (laughs) my nephew. That's insane. Like two weeks post, I was literally two weeks post-op and we went to an Italian restaurant, social distanced after. And my entire family's eating pasta with truffle sauce and mac and cheese. I had nothing because there was... I was still eating so, like 
pureed foods. And I sat there and I sat there while my entire family is eating the food that I love so much. So it takes a lot of willpower and a lot of determination. Yeah. yeah, Cause I, I've, I've seen people that, you know, had the surgery that, you know, I've seen them gain all the way back because they, they, like I said, they get a quick fix and it's anything, anything you do to lose. It's a tool like WW, like they give you points. So say you get 60 points a day, just spitballing. You can eat like McDonald's all day and it will fit into 60 points, but you're not putting the right food into your body. And like you said, I wish that like, to me, like lasagna tasted, you know, really bad. Like if, if you just automatically make it taste bad where like my body would reject it instead of like crave it. But that's the thing. The chemistry is still, you know, that, that all is still there. That all still works no matter what the tool is. Um, so is that, is that the worst part of the surgery for you? It was, is that that aspect of it? Yeah, definitely the mental, especially like the first couple weeks when you're post-op, like you're just, you're getting over surgery. So your body feels like a war zone and you're like, I don't want to touch food ever again in my life. <laughs> and then you start feeling better and then the head hunger comes back. So like you're seeing people eat yeah. the food that you want and you're like, oh, you're like, I used to read, this is so embarrassing. I would sit in like my first month post-op. First of all, I was hangry all the time. Like I wish I was like, oh, my life has changed. Like, no, I was hangry. <laughs> My family will tell you they were with me every step of the way. Um, I would read menus for fun because I just like if I couldn't eat it, I like needed to read about it. it was, it's so embarrassing. But I would sit and just like read and like read like pasta with truffle oil and like all these things. Because I just like it was just wild to me. Like you feel like you're almost like an alien because you're eating like soft pureed foods and then you move on. And it's like you can have one ounce of this and one ounce of that. And there was a moment where I was like, what? did I make the right decision? But then you're new, you get used to your new normal. You're, you slowly start reintroducing the right foods yeah. and it all kind of evens out. So, yeah, but anything, it becomes like you said, your new normal. And I think yes. like, you know, we talk about it all the time cause we're in it, you know, this pandemic, we had to adjust. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think we, I look at, you know, when we, were, when we first started, like everything was just locked down and, I had a lot of people I just noticed on Instagram were going crazy. They're like, okay, because they told us it was two weeks. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take a two-week vacation. And, like, you just started going off the rails and everything. And then, then no, it's going to be longer than that. And, like, all of a sudden you had to adjust. And that that whole word, that new normal comes into it. Like, mm-hmm. And it was it's like that when you started a weight loss program. Like, you know, obviously it's why you're doing it because the old way wasn't working. So you have yes. to then reintroduce a, a new way into it. And, you know, like you said, like the, that's the most honest response I had about reading menus. That's probably the most honest <laughs> I've ever had on this podcast because I, you know, look, we all do. We all look at food and we drool over it. Like, I mean, that's why cooking shows exist. Right, right. You know, I, I remember watching cooking shows. Like my, my brother always has it on at the house, like, you know, the diner dry, whatever, dives and dries. And you're looking at like somebody make a hamburger and put like macaroni and cheese and bacon and meatloaf on it is on the hamburger. And like, oh, wow, if only I could just like, yeah. you know, go crazy with that. But it's in. It, that's not going to work. No. And like no. It, with the weight loss surgery, it's different because you knew at some point, like I had the buffer in the beginning. Um, like if I eat this food, like I will be harming my body. Like physically, I will mm-hmm. be hurting myself. But now that I'm six months post-op, I'm kind of like out of the woods so now it's like I could technically eat that. Would I have a little bit of stomach upset? Yes. Um, but it's now it's really like now the real work is starting to begin as I get close to that one year mark. Now it's pressure's on. <laughs> so do, do you ever feel like, you know, you're like you're balancing the 
the stomach upset? Is it worth it? I'll do it. I'll suffer. Or is that now like total mindset change? I don't even think about it anymore. It's a mindset change. Um, for me, I, so there's a thing called dumping syndrome when you have weight loss surgery and it's, if you eat something that's too high in fat or sugar, it is, I've done it once by accident. I got like a burger with a side salad because I thought I was making a good decision. It was like mm -hmm. a burger with one piece of cheese, side salad, no bun, like protein, like they stress that all the time. And for some reason, my stomach was just not having it. And it was 45 minutes. Um, my mom, unfortunately, was there to witness it with me. It was like I was having an exorcism. Like I thought I was giving birth to a demon child. I don't know. <laughs> what happened to me, it was enough to be like, I am never going off of this program ever again. Like nothing is worth the pain that I am feeling. And I made like a healthy, it wasn't even over something good. It was over a, like a just ground beef. It wasn't anything good. So that did enough for me to sort of keep on the right. I think that's right. like, you said like the eyes, like you get hungry with the eyes. Like I, I do that too. Sometimes like I'll see something. I'm like, Oh, I got to have that. Yeah. So like, I'll be like, you know, when I weigh in, uh, I weigh in on Monday. So Monday, I'm like, okay, I'm going to save it for Monday. And then I have it. And I'm like, yeah, this is not worth it. Like, I don't feel good. I, it's not. It looks so much better, yeah, than what it is. And like, you know, I'm not to toot my own horn. I'm a good enough cook that I can make something that tastes a million times better than this, and I'll be happier with it. But you know, our mind plays tricks on us. Like, I don't want to eat healthy. I want to eat the bad stuff, even though the other stuff might taste better. Like mm -hmm. the mind, the mind thing. That's why you know I'm so happy. Like you know when I hear about people going for the surgery. They make you go to the groups. They you, you yeah. get counseling with it. I that's a that's a big bonus of it. Like it's not just here. Here it is off into the world. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the the best part uh, of the VSG surgery that you would overall? I would definitely say it's like the not like what you talk about, like the non-scale victories mm -hmm. on my TikTok. I do a series every Sunday where I find one thing to celebrate. That's not like I lost X amount of weight each week. Okay. Um, and I think collectively that's been the best part is whether it's like buying new clothes that I didn't get to fit in or uh, going to the gym and being able to run faster on the treadmill than I did when I was 298. Mm -hmm. Like that to me has been the best part. And like, looking forward to the reason why I got the surgery when I was 25 is because I wanted to live out the rest of my twenties and have like the most fun that I could. Yes. Um, so looking forward to all the things that I'm going to be able to do, obviously once COVID is, <laughs> is lifted. Um, now that I've had this, I'll have more energy. I'm more confident. So I want to go out. I want to go do these things now. And I'm just like super excited about what life is going to look like post surgery. And where could they find you on TikTok? You can find my TikTok. It's a little. This is my long username. It's Olivia Titus Official. Is my. It's, my it's official. Got to find the official one. There's a lot of other ones out yeah. there. I was like, yes. I was like, this is Olivia Titus Official. You can come. In. Well, you know, that's the new me. I think you know, I'm I'm on TikTok and I I, I try it and I, I'm not good at it. I I think that's like I'm. It pays. I'm the next generation. I, I, Neither am I. I'm not very good at it either. But I find there weren't many people my age that like had the surgery like on Instagram, like I really had to dig, but I find on TikTok, it's easier to find people in their like mid to late twenties who've had the surgery yeah. on TikTok. That's why I was like, all right, I'm going to join, <laughs> I'm going to join you guys because I need some pals. And what's great about, I think you, you did like you had this during a pandemic where like everybody's going the opposite direction. It's almost mm -hmm. like you're looking, like you said, you're looking towards the future. Like you're in your twenties. If you know, it, it, we are coming out of it slowly, but surely people getting vaccinated. Things are opening back up. I know in New York, they're saying July 1st, New York City is going to be open again. You know, Yankee, that's what, you know, it's, 
me and my brother got vaccinated so we can go to Yankee games. That's like really the, the big, like that was like our main thing. Like, oh, wait. Then like, you're going to have to get tested six hours before the game. Like, I'll just get vaccinated. I, and this way I can just show my pass that I can get into the game. But like, you know, that kind of thing, like you're saying, like I'm in my 20s, I want to enjoy it. And now like when the world opens back up, you're going to be like in the best health you've been in a while to enjoy all this. That is that Was that the goal from the beginning? Yeah, yep, that 100% was the goal. When, when I talked to people who had had the surgery, most of them, not all of them, were older. Yeah. Um, and you find that a lot with, with bariatric patients. They are older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people in my support groups were like, I want to be able to run with my grandkids. <laughs> and the number one piece of advice they had for everyone was like, I wish I had done it sooner. Yeah. And I was like, I should listen to them. Like, if this is what everyone is saying, like, why am I going to wait? Like, what good is going to come five years from now that can't happen now? Yeah, you see, you know, for me was like, you know, when I was younger, um, I was always heavy. I was always, I always had a weight issue. And to me, I've said it here on before, like I could, I still did things. Like I still went to games. I still, it was for me when things stopped, I couldn't do things anymore. That's when I started to get, and it took me, you know, I should have done it a lot earlier, but it took me like until I was like 37 to be like, okay, it's, you're not going to see 40 if you keep going this way. And I did, I tried in my twenties and, you know, I struggled with that my 20s and 30s did was weight something you struggled with your whole life or is it something that happened like later on oh yeah um i struggled my weight my entire life um i we call it the tightest gene in my family (laughs) because my mom's side of the family they're like very skinny um it's just not something they have to worry about my dad's side opposite i have come from a big italian family everyone in my family they are amazing i love them so much but we struggle with weight and so that's something i've always been conscious of from a young age um i'm super lucky my parents always stressed like being healthy rather Mm -hmm. than being skinny so i was a competitive cheerleader growing up i did that for 11 years um so i wasn't like super heavy i was like a little like chunky i would say um but i was healthy i was active and then when I graduated, that stopped. And I went from working out five days a week, three hours a day and like eating chicken fingers and fries because I was working out and I knew I could to all of a sudden keeping that diet, but not keeping up with the workout routine. And it was like a shock to my body. So yeah, you were almost like not- you were keeping it at bay because you were cheerleading. Yes, that, that's, that's crazy exercise. I, I, you know, you know, people think cheerleading is just like, Oh, you rah, rah, rah. But no, you watch those cheerleading competitions they're doing like flips. They're running. I mean, I, you just watch Bring It On. You'll see the, what really goes on in that yeah. whole thing. Is was Bring It On accurate? Was, by the way, I just this is totally off topic, uh, but it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it depends on the one that you're watching. The first like, one. They get the first one. accurate in the series. Like okay. as the the series develop, they get a little more accurate. Oh, so the first one's not at, okay. I'm going by the first one. That's like no, first one. I haven't. It's been a minute since I've seen the first one. I grew up watching. Like the first, like watching the one with like Hayden Panettiere. So I think it was like the second one is oh, what okay. I grew up watching. Bring it um, on again. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So they 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 do they do a pretty good job. I'm not mad at them. Okay. As, as long as I got it is what I relate to. <laughs> that's what I. And you cheer, did you cheer just in high school? Or you cheered in college as well. I cheered in elementary school, middle school, high school, okay. and then stopped. I went to a like liberal arts college. It was I was a theater major so there was no sports there was no sports of any kind so <laughs> i had to stop <laughs> i would think yeah no sport no sports allowed just singing and dancing that's what we're gonna okay well, it's really like that was we had like a flag football game for homecoming weekend and no one knew how to play flag football it was so funny oh so. that's that's hilarious that's what i actually played when i was in my 20s i played flag my nephew plays it now which is like uh it's 
really competitive and it's it's insane how how yeah. you know i couldn't imagine like people standing around like how do we play this it's like do we oh it's 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 what it's a hundred imagine all of the theater kids that you went to high school with <laughs> and throw them in an athletic position and that's a hundred percent what it was all right well people uh, would like do you want to do it and i'd be like no i'm good like i knew my place so i was like i no, <laughs> sorry guys they they tried i mean that you know we they tried it was adorable it was adorable it was very cute to watch but that's fun yeah. that's, that's funny i mean funny. Yeah, because um, well, that theater's tough. I mean, that's tough too, though. I mean, you can't you just like, I mean, you got to be in on stage, and so there is kind of some activity. You're moving around yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's tough too because I was a theater major. I was a performance. Like my concentration was performance, so I was getting judged on like how I looked in class each day, and like. You know, all these kids. I was like, you know, at that point, I was gaining a little more weight, so mm -hmm. I was like, you know, and then you have to deal with. You know, they're teaching you the business of theater and the business of entertainment. And suddenly it's like you can only play these roles or like, you know, if you lost weight, like, you know, you kind of saw okay. the opportunities that okay. were awarded to you. Um, but it's so it's just someone like me where it was just so hard to lose weight. It was it was torture watching all these people get roles that I could be able to play. But the only thing keeping getting in my way was the weight that I was gaining. Now, did the professors or I mean, you said it yourself, like if I lost weight, did they ever say to you? Like you, if you lost weight, you'll get this, you know, you'll get the part or. Well, not directly, but I remember I was, I was in a class. It was my junior year. So I realized halfway through like junior year that I no longer wanted to pursue like performing and that I wanted to switch to what I do now, which is unscripted TV, like in production. Um, they still to finish the major cause I couldn't afford to change majors and stay another year in school. Um, so I had a professor who would say, uh, you know, when you graduate and you go into the industry, like these are roles that, that okay. would be really great for you. And they spun it into a positive, but you knew it was like, because I'm bigger, these are the roles that I'm getting. Yeah. So like they said it in, in the nicest way possible. Yeah. I went on one audition. I, I took uh, acting, um, like a summer class at, at Hofstra and, um, I went on one audition and it was for like a, it was for like a, a you know a, a chubby kid, and um, it was funny to see like everybody like what they thought like what's the idea of chubby like and it was different sizes and everything. And I remember when I got when I went and saw the movie that that it was I'm like well I look nothing like this guy. No wonder I didn't get it. Like it, he was he was chubby, but like like I when I I was the stern and Artie would call it like movie fat. Like he was just it's different than because Craig yeah. Craig Gas got the role on Sex in the City as the glazed donut boyfriend at yes. Weight Watchers, and he is not. He's not heavy. I mean, but like Artie was like, that's my role. You're taking it. So yes. it is different, I guess, when they're they're, they're casting things. Um, yeah, I was always wondering like then because it was different. Even, you know, the society has changed as far as how they, they word things now. And, um, and you're starting to see, you know, everybody's getting, you know, different shapes, sizes. Everything is are getting on television now. And so I didn't know even back, you know, a few years ago, if people just come out and say it like, oh, if you lose weight, you'll get this role because – that's probably how it was like maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Now with this, it's a little more PC now. Like mm -hmm. it's a little more HR friendly, but you still know, you still know the message. Yeah. You like, know, you, you pick up what they're putting down. So the, <laughs> what's very, I, it's, um, I don't know if it's in the, the, the surgery community as, as well as now it's coming into the, the Weight Watcher and other, other weight loss, the, the diet culture thing, like, um, or people getting anti-diet culture. Do you fall into that or anything? Or do you have a, a pick a side or you're just like, no, I'm just about getting healthy and that's what I'm going to go with? Yes. So at least for me, like I'm very transparent on like all my accounts that like this was a health thing for mm -hmm. me. It wasn't necessarily because I want to be skinny um, because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like 
Um, I, even when I was at my heaviest, like I still loved my body. I still thought I looked like good. I still thought I was like attractive. I just wasn't comfortable and no one should feel like uncomfortable all of the time. Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely like, you can love your body, but understand that there might be things that you might want to change and you don't have to love your body 24 seven. I think that's totally, totally fine. Um, I don't think it's detrimental to say like, yeah, I needed to lose a couple pounds or like, yeah, like I had to have surgery because I was unhealthy and I was making unhealthy choices. Yeah. Um, I think that's really fine. I think it's when you're like, I need to fit into this size two dress that it's like you, that's a deeper issue you need to work on. Yeah. And I just see like, and I'm, I'm worried about like the whole, where this is going because like what you said is actually exactly the attitude people should have. Like, yes. Okay. I no matter what size I am, I think I'm attractive and you know, it weight has nothing to do with someone, you know, people are attractive at any size and that's not the issue. It's um, the health health. And I think if this whole pandemic has taught us anything is that, you know, this virus was attacking people that were unhealthy. And a lot of those issues were caused by being overweight uh, with diabetes, high blood pressure. And um, like you mentioned before, you felt like you had that weight on, on your chest. And I had mm-hmm. a buddy who had pneumonia uh, bef- as when he was first starting to lose weight. And the doctor told him it's the extra weight that's pushing down on your chest. It's making it more difficult for you to breathe. So I get that. I just like what I see now. And I, I, I'm not, and I always try to pick my words. I'm, I'm not trying to like, you know, insult one area or another is that, yeah, diet culture can be harmful. But health mm-hmm. should be the main thing. Agreed. And yeah, be whatever you want to be. You're, whatever size you are is fine, but be healthy, you know, because it, if that's the main thing is, is is finding a weight, a healthy weight, staying with it. And just overall health, I think, is really should be preached more than don't do this and don't do that. Do you feel that way, too? A hundred and ten percent. I don't know why anyone would get mad or upset at someone for making a positive change. Like, and that would only, you know, there's only good things. If you're truly interested in getting healthy and making it like a lifestyle change versus like, I just want to be skinny. Like, why would you, there's only positive things that can come from that. So why would you fault someone for wanting? I just, that just confuses me. When Adele lost weight, people went after her like crazy. Yeah. And I, I'm like, you don't know the reason why she, she lost it. Maybe she had a health issue. Maybe she, she just wanted to. I mean, it's, they project. Yeah, and she like, she has, like, responsibility. You know what I mean? Like, she wants to, you know, keep up with her kid. Yeah, like, you know, you, if you have kids, like, you know, even if you don't have health issues now, because she's, she's still, I mean, relatively young. I mean, she's I, I, I'm probably around 30, around that, that, that age, or maybe a little over 30. But you have to think down the line, like, these things could be, become issues, and that's what I see like a lot of people attacking people for losing weight. And like, I think they're putting their own thing on them a little bit, but like, you don't know yeah. someone's reason. And I think that's what, you know, and that's why I like on the podcast, I like to have people that are doing all different things. Like I'm doing WW. That's my thing. But like you had the surgery and I have people want to do like keto because there's no one answer. It's whatever right. works best for you. And like you in your family is proof that this works for us. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, are, yeah. you guys are doing it. Like you, you, so you're the fifth person in your family that's had this. Was that you guys tried other things before then, or was this just? Yeah. So my dad actually um, was low carb. Like he okay. was Atkins when Atkins was still like a thing. I did and that he too. Lost <laughs> <it>. Yeah, <laughs> he loved it, and he was doing. He was doing really well on it, and he's 
been able to like maintain and keep off weight um just by a low carb lifestyle um but then again like goes back to like the family thing like he had a, an emergency triple bypass because okay. and he was the pillar of health um so when i realized like this really is like in my dna like this is something whether i'm conscious of it or not like I am, i'm gonna have to be like mindful of it i, I really have to give myself the best shot. Yeah. I mean, like in my family that I have heart disease on my, my dad's side, my mom's side had diabetes. So like, you know, I was, I wasn't sick. I was playing with fire though. Like at a certain point, like, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I didn't want to wait until like something happened. Um, I remember my mom, like, you know, my mom w- was overweight, but like she was healthy. She ate, she ate good. And like, you know, um, a doctor told her, stop yo-yoing, pick a weight, stay at it. Like this is, uh-huh. you know, you, you can be healthy and still be overweight. It's not, one, you know, I think that's the thing that people correlate, like you have to be like super skinny. I know people who are skinny and oh. very unhealthy. Right. Absolutely. Like, I was 298 pounds and could walk five miles and not run out of breath. Like I was still, I still had like good stamina, even though yeah. I was like very overweight. And that's the thing I think people will correlate, like, you know, with skinny, with healthy and, and, um, you know, and, but you know, because when people are overweight, you do have more tendency to become like, you know, mm-hmm. diabetes, but Skinny people get that stuff too. And like, that's, that's yeah, what I absolutely. think is really now coming out more is people more mm-hmm. health conscious, which is, uh, yeah. and even WW has gone that way. They're not focusing so much on weight loss. It's overall wellness. It's the mental aspect of it. It's, it's, you know, they're pushing more like eat like healthier foods. And like you mentioned Atkins, when I did Atkins, um, I didn't do any research on it. They were like, don't eat carbs. I'm like, okay, I can eat like salami and, bacon yeah. and eggs and I wasn't yeah. eating healthy like I was losing weight but I wasn't health in a healthy way so the, your when your dad did it did he do the research or he just did like the no he started when I was really young okay. I remember there was like he might have read a book I don't know um and I remember he was like he was like you like he would be like oh I'm not having carbs but like would eat steak on the grill and like bacon like yeah. and like fat mayo all the time and like now he's like such an advocate for he still does like low carb but it's a much leaner low carb like he'll eat vegetables he's not afraid of you know he's kind of he's made it work for himself now yeah when they when when i did uh atkins like they said after two weeks you can finally have fruit and when i had fruit for the first time it was like i was eating a bowl full of candy see that like what's <laughs> What scares me the most about diet culture is I don't trust anything that says fruits and vegetables are bad for you. Right? Like that's what scares me. Like, why would you like like why would you do something that says like the one good thing you can put into your body that's so many nutrients is bad for you? That I don't understand. Yeah, I lose it when people tell me don't eat bananas. They're like too much sugar. I'm like, and what were like, I, you know what I used to eat? Like I used to eat like candy bars on other candy. Like that's be- like yeah. There's no way that's the same. That's it. Banana is, is good. I can have a banana. That's, that's fine. Like banana is too much sugar. That's one thing is like, I always, I made a joke the other day to one of my friends. I was like, I haven't had a refined carb in nine months. Like if someone tells me what I should or should not be eating, like I will snap at you. Like <laughs> there's nothing more I want. Like I smell like carbs smell different to me now. Like my roommate has a bagel every morning and I'm like a dog. Like I'm like, he's eating. It's bagel time. I can smell it. Like if someone tells me, don't eat a fruit or don't eat a vegetable. Like I literally will be like, do you know what I'm eating every day? Like, let me have this banana. Like I don't, like I can't have that many things. Give me this. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the fruit, like that, that that's where I draw the line. This I'm the same way because like I, I, what I used to eat, like I would eat, a, you know, I would eat ba- like a bagels. I would eat pizza. Mm. 
like every kind of carb you could think of that was like I was on the the opposite of Atkins. It was carbs. I, I'm a carb addict. Yeah. I can eat <laughs> macaroni, pie, you know, whatever. Right. That to tell me that like, okay, now fruits and certain vegetables are not good for me. I, I'm not in that, you know, that crazy world. I'm not in that that kind of fitness. I, I don't I don't want that. I don't need six pack abs. I, I just want to be healthier. And I same. Yeah. I don't I, I gave up on that dream a long time ago. Let me let me eat my banana and my apple and my my asparagus and call it a day. Yeah, like and I, I counted macros for a while for a while. I still do in a way. I keep track of my macros and everything. And like it's crazy. So I'm like, I'm like, I really want a like piece of fruit, but it's gonna throw my carbs into a thing. So I'm trying to like find a healthy balance with it, but like I know people who do like crazy, like they'll have just like a couple pieces of broccoli and that's the carbs they have for the day. Not me. I need macaroni. I need like, you know, once in a while, just because yeah. I, for me, I, if I don't have that, I will, I know I will then one day just go crazy and be like, okay, it's carb city. And that, that was my problem. That's why I was such a big yo-yo dieter because mm-hmm. I would go like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not like, I did the whole 30 for a minute. Um, and that's insane. That's like no alcohol, no carbs, no legumes, no this, no, like it was. And then I got off of that and I was like, I want to eat everything in sight (laughs) because I have, I I went from having nothing to now having everything. And it's just, yeah. If you restrict yourself, like binging is so real. And that like fear of, I will never have this again. will definitely, it'll creep up on you. Yeah. And I think like, you know, especially living in, you're living in New York city now where like, I mean, pizza and bagels is like, it's famous Every- here. I don't, I don't know how it is in Massachusetts. Like, what's the thing in Massachusetts that like, is like the food that everybody like goes for. So where I come from, uh, we have pizza, but it's, it's a little different. It's called bar pizza and it is amazing. And that's like, okay. if you ask me what I miss, I miss a good, my family makes the best bar pizza like we own a bar back home and like my aunt makes it's like a crispy pan pizza and it is literally the best thing you'll ever eat and so that's what that's what i miss that's what we're known for and that's the bar pizza what makes it different is it just like it's a really thin crust or it's a little bit of a thinner crust and it's in a baked in a pan okay um and so it gets really crispy on the outside, but then it's really soft on the inside. I, again, I could go on. You can tell that I haven't had it a lot. But like, <laughs> talking a big game. Um, but yeah, that that's the big, like, it's not like a New York slice. Like what you're like, you can't like fold it. It's very little. Okay. Um, but that's, that's what we're known for. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. Like, you know, you go to, a, you live in a certain place and you, you know, I know a lot of people that move to New York and they're like, oh my God, the, 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 even like the street food, like, you know, you have the, the trucks and all that stuff like that. It's, it's food everywhere. It's literally mm-hmm. like you, every corner you turn, there is a food truck, there's something. And now it's like the, the age we live in, it's on your phone. You could just literally type in something and it, they're delivering it to you. My pre-surgery, my seamless account was, and my parents will tell you when I was back home in Massachusetts, like the doorbell would ring. My mom would be like, what did you order today? Like, what did you get? And now it's like, now it's the opposite. Now it's my Instacart because I get my groceries delivered. Yeah. So now it's like, all my vegetables and all of my like, like, you know, diet in quotes, food coming. My, I use my seamless like once in a blue moon, I'll get like a bowl at Chipotle with no rice and just like the meat and the veggies and stuff. But like I'll, compared to before it was, it was like every other day I was, I was ordering seamless. The delivery guys knew my name. It was a little embarrassing. Yeah. I, I'm like, <laughs> I I'm happy in a way that like when I was in my twenties that this didn't exist. Like if I could guilt free, just go on my phone and they're going to drop it at my door. I don't have to look at anybody. 
it would have been like game over. I would have been like on my 600 pound life a long time ago. But, you know, I know it's not like back in my day, we had to go to the drive through. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, but it's crazy. Like what's at your fingertips now. And I, and this, in this whole year, it, it, everybody's doing it. My, my brother runs a deli and like, even still now his, the DoorDash, the Uber Eats, that business, people just sitting there like, what can I order next? And it's like, boom, boom. I, I actually drove uh, Uber Eats for a little while and somebody ordered a can of Red Bull. Literally, it's just a can of Red Bull. And I, single can of Red Bull, the regular size one. It was a 7-Eleven was literally a block away. I drove it from the 7-Eleven to the president's house, left it on the doorstep. This is the society that we're now in where everything's just like a click away. And to me, I think part of the fun was going out and and eating, and hopefully that comes back, like, you know, going out and eating. But I think that also keeps you a little bit accountable because for me, I know if I have to order something, someone's looking at me and like, you know, I'm not going to maybe go as crazy as I want because I feel that kind of guilt that, that that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they what they talk about a lot in some of the meetings I've attended is when you start going out to eat, especially when you're post-op, like a lot of people are afraid because you live in this like post-op bubble where you can only eat certain foods and then you start feeling better, your stomach is healed and like what I said, the real work starts. The hardest part is just ordering. Like yeah. once you order, you're in the clear. Like as long as you can, the hardest part is making a decision, deciding what you want and then actually going through and ordering it and not changing your order the last minute. But it's tough. It's really sometimes like at the last second, you're just, yeah. you go with that food that we shouldn't have. And, but then you, you like say you can't like you, once you order it, that's it. You're, you know, cause yeah. physically you can't get anything else in there. Yeah. You can't go back. You're over and be like, can I get the pasta? I ordered, <laughs> I know I want a salad, but can you scrap that? Like, can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to have both. But like, I remember like the um, one time I went into like a, a fast food place, the drive through was, was closed or something. They were doing like renovations. And so like, I remember I literally went in with a piece of paper Nothing was on it. I pretended like I was reading like a family order off of it because I was like, you know, I was like, oh, wait, she wants no tomatoes on that. Make sure there's like, you know, I was pretending because I was like embarrassed that I was ordering all this food for myself. And when you go through a drive through, it's like, you know, yeah, you order, you take it and go. But like when I have that thing where like if someone's looking at it, I feel like they're looking into my soul, like that they're knowing yeah. what I'm doing. And that's where I feel like if I had Uber Eats and DoorDash, it was like. I, it'd be gone for me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I, I, I'm, I grew up when I did because it didn't exist. Yeah. And that was the thing too, during the pandemic, like when they were doing no co like contactless delivery, like they really weren't seeing you. So no. I was like, go ahead and to me. Like you're dropping it off. You don't know what I look like. Whereas like when I was a little heavier at a restaurant, especially if I was eating with like friends or family who are a little smaller than me, like I couldn't help but have those feelings and they're not great feeling, but yeah. to be honest, like of being like, I don't want to look like, the biggest person at the table eating the biggest meal, even though that shouldn't even be a thought in anyone's mind. Um, so that kind of in a, in a backwards way held me a little more accountable. But then again, seamless comes in COVID contact delivery. I was like, give it to me. I want everything. Yeah. That was when I was delivering. It was the best. I just dropped it at doorsteps and that was it. People didn't want it. They didn't want to see me. And like, listen, I'm not a people person that much. So I'm like, all right, here you go. Drop it and go. And after like, you know, Hey, here's your order. Uh, but yeah, I, I have that, I had that same feeling when you go out to eat with people and you're sitting that you feel like all eyes are on you. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the big person eating? Like, what do they get? Yeah. Like, what, let me see what got them that. Like, you know, I feel like that's what, even though that's not the way your mind is playing those tricks at you. So like, yeah. for me, it was worse because I would order like what I thought I should order. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'll order something that looks maybe a little healthy. 
And then I would hit something on the way home because I had to get my fix in. Yeah. And you were hungry. Like, it's probably like, like it was just like, I used to get hungry. Like I literally like, would order things and then I wouldn't eat as much because I yeah. didn't want to eat all the food. So I was, I would literally still be hungry. Not because, you know, not necessarily because like, you know, I had the right amount. I wasn't eating enough food to fulfill, you know, the size that I was, whether it was healthy or not. So then, yeah, I would go in round two, round awful. two, round three. And <laughs> it was, yeah, we would like, I remember like when I was, uh, we were like a te- like late teenagers, like in high school, when we started driving and stuff. Like I would eat dinner at home and then like we'd go out and eat again. And then I come home and eat again. Like it was just like three meals, like in one and like a short, even though you've had your breakfast, lunch and your dinner, now you're still eating. And then Taco Bell, I coined it like the fourth meal. Like, no, it's like my sixth yeah. meal at this point. Like it's. Yeah. And, it's, and then when like, as soon as like I turned 21 and like I went, I went to, you know, when I came to the city and it was a new city and I was in college, mm-hmm. like the drunk meals, man, like those were, it was like a thing. Like all my friends and I, like we would go out and it would be like, what are we getting? Like we would be sober. Like before we would go out, we would make a plan of what we were going to eat at like 2 a.m. And like, there's no, you know, there's no you know, fresh catch or whatever, open it 2 a.m. It's all pizza and jelly and all these things. And so we got so bad to the point where we would pre-order our drunk food, like while we were getting ready and put it in the fridge so that we came home. It was like there waiting for us. Oh, that's, so. that's smart. Oh, it's so smart. It was not good for me, but it was, <laughs> it was a rather smart decision. Drunk meal prep. I like it. It's going to be, a, let's start a yeah. whole new thing. Drunk. There's a new TikTok video for you. Drunk meal prep. I Drunk meal prep. I'm not going to start that trend, but someone someone else there. can do it. <laughs> Take it, run with it. Yeah, anything. Olivia, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This has been awesome. Um, really thank had you. a great time. I can't wait to check back in with you again. I hope you come back on again. I want to check in on your journey and, and see how you're doing. Awesome. So yeah, I would love to be back. They can find you at OTVSG on Instagram. And once again, what's the uh, Olivia Titus official on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so definitely check out Olivia and her journey. She's doing awesome. Once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was a blast. And everybody, you can find the podcast at www.podcast.podbean.com as well as on iTunes. And while you're there, please, five-star rate and review. I love reading reviews. I love posting them on social media. Definitely go and check that out. We are played in and out each week by Hollow and their single, Something to Believe. My best friend Nick wrote this song. You can check it also out on iTunes. And while you're there, his new band, Demon Scar. He's dropping music every month. Definitely check that out. Or you can go to demonscar.bandcamp.com. We're going to have a bonus episode probably next week. You can find that at patreon.com slash Podcast, as well as the whole backlog of bonus episodes there as well. Only one place to go Long Island for your deli needs. That's Finn's Deli, 4646 Merrick Road in Massapequa. Tell my brother Mike you heard the plug on the show and then get yourself an Uncle Cheese. It's the best sandwich out there. Once again, thank you everybody who joined us on Instagram and on Facebook Live. This has been episode 171 of the WWO Podcast, and I will catch everybody next week. Have a good one.